0: Hi, this is Scott Thompson. Welcome to the Scott Thompson Show podcast. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends feel free to subscribe coming up on today's show Don Cherry has been fired from coach's corner. Could we have not turned this into some sort of teaching moment instead of just further dividing the country and the father of a Humboldt Bronco hockey player wants us to take a closer look at the laws surrounding organ donation. It's all coming up on the Scott Thompson Show podcast. Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. I have a hard time uh, accepting. And again, I, I, I'm obviously, if people are upset, uh, obviously, people are upset. Obviously, Don misspoke. However, to arrive to where we are is is bizarre because an 85-year-old man stood up and he thought that immigrants should be wearing more poppies. Again, if I was Ron McLean, I would have leaned in there and said, well, Don, would that not apply to all Canadians, not just uh, immigrants? And perhaps this could have stayed on the rails and we wouldn't even be talking about this. Uh, that being said... Uh, uh, it it did come out and and, uh, I'm having a hard time accepting that this man is out of a job and yet a prime minister who occasionally donned blackface, uh, even when he was a teacher, is still a prime minister. Why? Because Don's standing his ground and the prime minister apologized again. I mean is that the only difference here and as i said earlier i think this could have been used as a teaching moment i think firing the man has only divided the country more and you know in in a time where we you know appreciate other cultures who respect elders yet we're throwing an 85-year-old man to the curb because we didn't like what he said because he said he he thought that immigrants should be wearing more poppies. Really? And we've got a PM in blackface, and this is where we are? That's the problem I have with all of this. And it amazes me to no end how many people are just willing to heave this guy onto the fire, you know, with everything else that is politically incorrect. It just amazes me to no end. Anyway, let's bring in Joe Warmington, columnist with your Toronto Sun. Uh, his latest column, Fired and Betrayed, Don Cherry Stands Firm. Joe Warmington is with us now. Joe, thanks for the time. Much appreciated.
1: Yeah, it's good to be with you. Yeah, well said, Scott. Uh, it's a very, very, uh, you know, um, difficult time, but that was a good way of putting it. D-
0: d- d- does any- is anybody happy where we are now? I mean, are there people that are jumping around and going, yeah, well, oh, that's it. He's finally gone. I mean, to me, this just divides things even more.
1: Well, that's what they want to do. I mean, they've been after Don Terry for a long time. They haven't been able to get him. They manufactured this because he didn't really say, you know, it's not like he used a racial slur or any of that. They just are treating it as if he did do that and he's getting the punishment as if he did do that. And so yeah, they're happy about it. Uh, but the audience does matter, but more important than the audience and making money and ratings and all that is a thing that is vital that you yourself and myself that live on the high wire act, live radio and TV and newspapers and all of that, are only one word away from or one improper handling of a question away from that pack coming after us. And of course, no one will care because we're not as high profile. And it's happening to people and it's going to happen to more people now that Don Cherry has that it happened to him.
0: Uh, it's an interesting point. I just got a uh, an email from a listener. Your number, your one comment away from being out of a job. You people, fifty years of charity work. I'm not sure what that means, but yeah, echoing sort of the same point that you made. Uh, so, at the end of the day, are you surprised this turned out the way it did? Are you surprised that he did get fired? Um,
1: not really. I mean, there was a, I did some columns on this. I mean, there was a movement to move on out of there. They, it's Roger Sportsnet had moved on from uh, you know from uh, Bob McCowan on the fan and, and also from Nick Caprios. there's other people too that are not as high profile. so they're shedding salaries. I mean look at the, they signed that big contract for the hockey NHL hockey rights and it hasn't worked out very well hmm. for them. Uh, in fact, um, they're losing a lot of money because uh, they paid so much for it. So they're finding ways to shed it back. And so, no, I'm not surprised. Um, But I think that anything when you're cutting, you're looking for waste or you're looking for ways to, you know, make your budget. When you cut your biggest star and the draw that brings in, you know, over a million people on Saturday, whatever the number is, it's a pretty big number. Uh, That's risky, you know. I mean, maybe it'll work better and it'll satisfy the politically correct and they'll have somebody that's, not going to offend anybody, but then at the same time, you know, it's supposed to be entertainment, too. Mm. And you don't want to have, you know, boxers in there. You don't want them not punching because that's violence. I mean, that's what I don't understand about it. You know, all this kind of chorus of these live-left sports reporters that are running around that are social justice warriors and all that. Um, You know, I never see these people at the murder scenes that I'm at. I never see the, you know, meritorious very rarely goes out to any of these things and shoot-ups, you know, right in the lobby and all kinds of kids. And you talk about diversity and all that stuff. And most of the victims are new Canadians or many of them are. And, uh, it's really, really heart-wrenching to be part of it. I was just at Peel Police Headquarters when Jason Ram Shikan was murdered on Highway 410. And all he was doing was going to work. Yeah. Uh, his poor family were there. It's just horrible. And, you know, you don't hear from Bar- Mon- you know Mayor Bonnie Crombie wasn't there. Mm. They're picking on Don Cherry. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. Uh,
0: are you are you surprised, or should he have um, apologized, or at least tried to clarify his remarks? Was there any well,
1: con- was there Cherry?
0: Was there any uh, was there any uh, common ground here that this could have been avoided?
1: Well, I think there was. I mean, it, this could easily be solved. They, they they had made their decision of what they were going to do. Here and so there was no getting out of it. They they are taking this as the opportunity to move on him. We knew that right from the beginning. But he
0: was he was quoted as saying, you know, they just wanted him to do a certain thing and be a certain way and and what have you. Well, and he they was wanted
1: a... they wanted him to apologize and right. basically admit that he's a racist. And you know, and that's kind of what uh, they wanted him to do. And of course, he's not a racist, and he didn't say anything racist. And I know he didn't because mm-hmm. he didn't mean to. It may have been. People may channel that and yeah. decide that's what, what he was going to say. But he told me the same story the night before in my column, which is in the Saturday Sun, and it's on TorontoSun.com, about the poppies, one in ten, wearing them. Yeah, He said all the same things to me, but he didn't crunch the numbers, you know, the, the sentences together like he did. If you listen to the clip, Scott, yeah. he mentions about rows and rows, and he mentions the small cities, and he mentions you people come here, and then he said something like or whatever it is. When he talked to me he's talking about you know, each of these things were explained. Yeah. But you're on live T V, just like I'm with live live radio now, like it's not easy. And you know, you do it every day and even you I'm sure. You know, it doesn't <laughs> come out the way you want yeah. or like I, I like have a nice what, smooth interview with you, but but it doesn't work like that when you're on live, hot, yeah, Mike. Yeah. You know, it's a, a different thing, and that's what happened here.
0: What about Ron McLean? Should you know? I thought if I, when I was watching this, I thought Ron should have leaned in and said, "Well, you know, Don, this could apply to all Canadians, just not immigrants," uh, and and maybe yeah. got him to clarify the statement a bit more. But you know, and again, I'm not I don't telling, so. I'm not I, telling him you know, how like to do a, their jobs, but you know, he could
1: have done that, but he didn't want to get in the way of you know don yeah goes. Periodic rant, periodic and sure. the fact that, that ron mclean didn't react to it is a sign that there's really nothing to this
2: mm.
1: because he he has reacted to things before he didn't hear anything in there if you want to hear it in there just like when i'm talking here, you, you could take what i just said and say well that shows that joe warmington is this or this this or this or this and of course it may or may not be correct but you get to say it and if you have a, a you know, a hate on for a guy like me, then you can, you know, get people on social media sure. to do it. And that's all this was. So, you know, Don didn't uh, say anything wrong, and Ron knows that because he's sitting right beside him. Now, later, Ron, to take care of his own skin, mm-hmm. he buckled under the pressure. And, you know, he, he buckled under pressure to his partner of 35 years. Not some guy he sort of knows. Like, this is his meal yeah. ticket. Yeah. And that's really appalling to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't understand it. And, uh, you know, it's. I, I think it's perhaps the worst thing, Scott, of all the story, is that how Ron McLean's handled it and what his legacy will be with yeah. 50% of the audience. Because I think that they know that, you know, a test of friendships and partnerships is not in good times. Mm. It's in bad times. Yeah. Where yeah. are you in bad times? I mean, Don Cherry is looking around going, where are my friends? And, uh, you know, he's found out that there's a huge audience of friends. But the sports writers and, you know, I haven't, I don't know, I haven't checked, but I didn't see anything from some of his favorite hockey players. No one stuck up for him. Uh, I,
0: I don't know. I, you know, I, honestly, Joe, you and I are the only ones I've seen publicly other than tweets or tweets here and there and what have you on social media. I, I've yet to see anything by any official media outlet that's, you know, and again, I'm not condoning what the man said. Um but on the other hand, I, I'm thinking, you know we have a prime minister that Don Blackface, and, and that's fine. And yet an eighty five year old man we're piling on, and he's out of a job. And it it, it seems that this could have been used as a teaching moment. Instead, I believe it's going to be more debate.
1: 85 year old national treasure icon just say what he wants to say on Remembrance Day. They fired the guy on Remembrance Day.
0: And that was the other thing, to to turn around. It's like They could them. have easily just held their head on this, like it just kept their head down on this until this morning at 9 a.m., just to avoid this. But the fact that the guy got fired on the day he's trying to support is just unbelievable. You know who's going to get fired? I'm going to tell you,
1: uh, are the people who made this decision, and I, I'm going to tell you why I think they're going to get fired. Is not because of any of this stuff because a lot of politically correct they like it and all that. What's going to happen is the ratings because I'm not watching hockey Night in Canada if Don Cherry's not on it, and I'm not going to boycott it. I'm just not going to watch it because yep. that's what I do. I, I watch the the first yep. period and the cherry on the cake is, yep. is uh you know is, is Ron and Don in Coach's Corner, and if the game's really good then you keep watching. If right. it isn't, you know the kids may <laughs> want to watch a movie or something. Exactly. And so I, uh, you know what. Um, there's that, and then it's...
0: It's going to be interesting to see if the controversy and the stink that's raised about this is greater, about him getting fired, is greater than this whole thing when it started. The greater who than owns, the whole uh, poppy who comment. Your station? Chorus. Is that global, or...? Yeah, global news, yeah. Yeah, so Chorus. you don't work for Rogers. No. So I think... I don't know, let's pressure. not go here, Joe. <laughs> no, but I
1: mean, like, this is the problem, you know, where you've got all these people... It, it, we had controversy during the election that involved some of our people over post-media, and I never touched it at all. People say, "Oh, well, uh, you had all these different things to say about, you know, these other things." <clears> There's <throat> something to be said for that, but uh, I'm not going to go in and into something I don't know anything about is yeah. none of my business. Sure. So I feel bad for you know. It's it's not easy for media people like. No, this is a this is a very tricky thing. I, so I,
0: how's Don Cherry doing? Uh, you know, like to me, I'm thinking, is this the way? You know, like my God, is this the way? Like this guy wanted to go out. I mean, come on. Partially.
1: What? Partially. I mean, you know, he, what, he How does he so feel? Well. How's he, he feeling back.
0: about all this? How's he feeling about all this?
1: He'd like to. He'd like to keep doing it, but he doesn't want people to take his words and then not give him the benefit of the doubt. And that's why he's hurt a little bit because you know Ron McLean doing that to him. He didn't like that. But it's more than that. I I think that he, you know, he didn't mean it at all, like they want it to be. And yeah. he, you know, I yeah. think that everyone knows that, but very few people of the everyone's want to accept that because they had, you know, they had him suited up to be kicked out, so it fit the narrative that they're looking for, and they used it to do it. But he actually didn't say anything. If he'd used a racial slur. Then yeah, you know yeah, then it would yeah. be really hard to defend that. Yeah, I hear you. But he didn't really do that. I mean, all he said was, you know, you people, what he always said, you kids out there, you people. And then you know, if he'd expanded the point that you know, if yep. you come to con- the country from a war torn place or a refugee, and then if you know you're raised here, born here, either way, I'd like you to wear a poppy. Um, that's his opinion. That's all he was saying. And and you know what, he said it all to me.
0: I know, and it's yep. Before, all right, and you can read that on the Sun's website in Joe's Saturday column Uh, today. Warmington uh, fired and betrayed. Don Cherry stands firm. Uh, Joe Warmington has been with us from the Toronto Sun. Joe, as always, thanks for the time, much appreciated.
1: Well, hopefully, we'll get to come back and do it
0: again. Yeah, (laughs) you never know. Stay low, Joe. All right, and and give Don our best. I will. You're listening to The Scott Thompson Show Podcast on 900 CHML. All right, let's bring in Alyssa Freeman, public relations consultant, Alyssa PR. This should be fascinating. Alyssa, how are you today?
3: I'm very fine, Scott. And you?
0: I'm I'm doing well. Are we disagreeing on this or are we agreeing on this? You
3: know, I don't know. (laughs)
0: Because I think only Joe Warmington and I of the Toronto Sun are agreeing on this.
3: Well... That's pretty good company, I would say.
0: All right. um, uh, Well, you tell me your position because you're the guest.
3: Well, here's the thing. You know, I've been listening to a lot of pundits talking about uh, the Don Cherry episode. And, you know, the bottom line is, is that this country has changed since Don Cherry started uh, broadcasting, especially uh, in Coach's Corner, about 30 years ago. And the country has moved on from being looking to typically like old stock Canadians, which is, I think, you know, where uh, Don Cherry comes from and wishes still was a, uh, you know, a prevalent demographic in this country. Even hockey night in Canada has acknowledged the diversity of the country. They have a Punjabi broadcast because that particular demographic loves hockey. So why not give it to them in their own language? So knowing that Hockey Night in Canada is trying to move on and recognize diversity. You know, Don Cherry is very much stuck in his beliefs and he's not going to knuckle under and he, especially he wouldn't say sorry. So the fact this all could have gone away, Scott, really. This all could have gone away because lots of Canadians were offended. Lots of Canadians who regularly tune in to Coach's Corner and Hockey Night in Canada during the, during the intermissions. And, I think that everybody would have at least appreciated that. You know, the one thing I need to say is is that I have watched Don Cherry for years. And the one thing I noticed that he is very consistent when he is talking about that, when he is acting as a coach or as a teacher, he always says, hey, kids, if you're going to do this play, do it like this. Don't like that. Mm-hmm. So here we have a guy in a segment called Coach's Corner, and he was being given a coachable moment. Yet, he wouldn't receive that coaching and decided to pack it all in.
2: Wow.
3: Yeah. (laughs) And and you want to know, and and you know, it's very obvious by the responses, by the initial statements given out by Sportsnet and the initial statement given out by the CBC. And let's remember, the the CBC condoned all of this. Yeah for many, many years, when he was slagging the Europeans because they were entering the National Hockey League, when he was slagging Quebecers for the way that they played, they just thought, well, that's John, that's TV, and boy, oh boy, is this segment ever a cash cow for us. I am not sure that, I am sure that CBC would have acted the exact same way, but when you look at these statements that were initially brought out, everybody referred to him by his first name. Now, normally, when you get a corporate statement, of apology that that is that is put out. It is very very above board. It is very third party. It is not familiar. You do not sit, normally say things like we told Don that we don't disagree that we agree with it that we don't agree with him, and we'll be talking to Don like normally. It, it's not that familiar. Normally it's like you know Mr. Chair Mr. Cherry's opinions don't necessarily align with this broadcaster, and therefore we will be you know conducting our right. own. Uh, in, internal review of this and but it was all very familial because nobody wanted to hurt the guy nobody wanted him to end his career at 85 years old on Remembrance Day on this note and I have to believe that Sportsnet gave him every opportunity on Monday morning, sat down with him and said, listen Don, you can't say you people you know, you just can't say that and he does realize the error of that particular phrase, but he still stands by the fact that Canadians are not wearing enough poppies. So whether you believe that he meant all Canadians or just those, so Canadians what part that of to see in Brampton and downtown Toronto, you know that's for you to
0: decide. So he basically came out and said immigrants are not wearing poppies. He's not seeing en- and he's not seeing enough immigrants wearing poppies. To which uh, my reaction is: If I was Don McLean, or sorry, Ron McLean, sitting next to him, I would have leaned in and said, "Well, Don, isn't or Ron, uh, uh, sorry, Don, isn't that a perception you can make about all Canadians, not just immigrants?" And this would have probably stayed within bounds. Um, I
2: agree.
0: So, again, for this to have happened and for everybody to pile on an 85-year-old man, because, again, listening to what you just said, all is, is very accurate and represents that side of the argument, but nothing of it has to do with what was said this weekend. It's all this past perception of what dawn is, and this is finally the straw that broke the camel's back. When at the end, I'm having a real hard time with everybody piling on an 85-year-old man who is entitled to his opinion, we we know we know what he's like. That being said, if he's hurt people, absolutely he shouldn't have said what he had said. That's not the idea here. But for this man to lose his job—well, a prime minister who dons blackface occasionally, uh, well, even while he's a teacher. No, I mean, like, honestly, I said this yesterday. While well, this guy walks around, what's the difference here? Because Don's standing by what he said and the prime minister's not? Like, I, yes, I just that's, I have. That's the difference. I have a that's hard time. I have a hard time that this wasn't used as a teaching moment as opposed to a firing, which I think is just going to divide people even more.
3: Well, here's the difference. And I did read, I think it was. Um, was it Laurie uh Lori Goldstein Laurie yeah. Goldstein. Okay, Laurie Goldstein's column. I did read that and I thought, well, you know, here we go. We're 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 taking this down political lines and 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 you know, that is Well, exactly. it is
0: political lines. It's all about political correctness.
3: But, you know what? Here's the thing. Trudeau apologized. And it doesn't make what he did any less egregious. It doesn't make what he did any less stupid. And and it is all of those things. But he apologised.
0: One's a TV host, one's one's a TV host, one's a Prime Minister. One's a Prime Minister, one's a TV host. Come on, Alyssa.
3: Yes, but they both have big platforms, Scott. They do. They both have big platforms. And, you know, whereas Prime Minister Trudeau can sort of change the channel with another piece of policy or or whatever, ribbon-cutting, whatever, Don Cherry would have had to go back into that studio into Coach's Corner and essentially pretend that nothing else—that nothing had ever happened before. And I know that you can continue to parse this, you know, in, in several similar ways. But when I read that and I thought, oh, I'm talking to Scott this afternoon, and the first thing he's I said, say I is, said it
0: before Lori did.
3: Okay, the first thing he's going to say is even before Lori did is that well, <laughs> you know, the Prime Minister was you know it was okay for the Prime Minister to uh, go in blackface, and we voted him all in. Mm -hmm. We voted him all in. And here we have this 85-year-old guy, and I think most people are upset at the way that, you know, he was summarily fired at 85 after, you know, giving his his all for many, many years. And, you know, we all know where Don Cherry stands on a number of issues. He has never, ever wavered from them. You know, if you're going to compare that to Trudeau, who knew that he thought that blackface was a, was a great idea? You know, who knew that he wasn't really a feminist after he got rid of the top feminists in his cabinet? It It is a very, it, listen, you, you can really go down the rabbit hole as to what this all means. And they are excellent conversations to have.
0: I don't think it's about what he said on the weekend. I think this is a culmination and those looking for a way out.
3: You know what, I think you're right about the culmination, but Scott, whenever you look at something that has to do with uh, what I would call a pop cultural reference, the first thing you have to do is look at the historical context, because all modern day pop culture comes from something a while ago. So so there's always historical context. And I was just listening to a small documentary on Don Cherry. And, you know, of course, you know, it was on the CBC. And, of course, you know, they have all that tape of everything that he said over the last 30 years. You know, you put that into 20 minutes and you're like, wow, that's really a lot of bad stuff. But you spread it over 30 years and people's memories, you know, tend to fade. I, I think that this is an important conversation to have. I think that unknowingly, um, Don Cherry has probably going to create a Remembrance Day in 2020 where there will be more poppies sold I, and, I was thinking uh, that <laughs>
0: i was thinking that too you know, and probably and and who will, who, who will be buying them who will be buying them
3: everybody there you go everybody there you everybody go. you know
0: I'm just I'm disappointed that uh and, and you know this is partially Don Cherry's fault I'll agree with that um and and again I'm not condoning what he said but I, I'm really disappointed that everybody is just piling on as opposed to using this as a teaching moment we no, all we all have know. we all have people in our lives that are elders and offer Uh, things of value now because they're not politically correct or they don't share the same view as we do. We kick them to the curb. I don't know. You know, in a day where we're, you know, uh, 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 taking a 15 year old climate change person and elevating her to that of status of God. And then we're taking our senior citizens who think differently than we do. And he's not the only one. And kicking them to the curb because they speak their mind? I mean, isn't there something to be learned here from all ages as opposed to piling on and this being the end result? That's what I'm disappointed in.
3: Well, listen, before this all came down, and normally I sort of, I, I usually write little synopses of this from a PR point of view on my LinkedIn profile and share it. And the one thing that I was going to say, Scott, was I don't think they should have fired him. I was hoping that they would turn this into
0: a coach's corner coachable moment exactly
3: and what would have been but but he said
0: no no but yeah 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 Yeah. you he know but that no. but you know what that's that I
3: can't be the only person who thought of this yeah yeah but maybe i'm not but
0: but again you know we're not inside we're not privy to those discussions we don't know how this went down i mean you know again i just got off the phone with joe warmington and there you know who knows how this all went down the point is both sides missed a, cheat, a teaching opportunity here And uh, uh, again, we don't know how this went down. But from a PR perspective, again, why did they not wait until this morning at 9 a.m. to make this announcement instead of making it on Remembrance Day? Speaking about knowing what the, you know, uh, your plan A, B and C, uh, D are. I mean, did they not think that they're firing the man on the exact day he's trying to promote?
3: Here's what I think happened. Number one. I feel... This uh, got out of hand. That's
0: what happened. People well, got hysterical, okay. so and it got out of hand.
3: hand. I was going to tell you what happened. He made the comments. People were sitting at home going, huh? And then all of a sudden, the proverbial, you know what, hit the fan on Sunday. And people were pointing their fingers at Ron McClain. You could have said something. You sat there. Thumbs up. Nod. tacit of approval. You know, uh, Sportsnet comes out with a hasty, uh, you know, a hasty statement. And I have to say that all the key messages, there were no key messages. I don't think that there was a powwow. Normally, in a crisis like this, and this is a crisis for a network, quite honestly, it's a cash cow, it's a crisis, it's, uh, you know, you're talking about its going down the lines of national unity, for heaven's sake. They should have all gotten in a room and said, okay, let's write out our key messages. And I can't believe that Sportsnet doesn't have a PR or a Director of Communications that hopefully would have said that. And then maybe people just said, "No, no, 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 no. We're just going to handle this, and hopefully it'll blow over. Who knows? Hmm. Who knows? Okay." I'm but speaking. instead, what happened? People what? went. People went. Blow over.
0: Pe- people went hysterical, and then a knee jerk well, react. People yes. went hysterical, then a knee jerk reaction was made.
3: Yes, but I don't think Ron McLean helped it in a number of ways. I, I think, agree. I think he sat there and I think, okay, I will give Ron McLean one small reprieve on this. And that when you're doing live TV. And you're listening yeah. to the guy beside you. And it's and his he's segment. And thing in your ear. Yep. And who knows what was going on in between all of that. I, you know, he did not react. He did not react. But he's also been a broadcaster for 30 years. So I, I don't know. And then the next day, he comes out with his own apology, essentially throwing his I know. Uh, yeah. partner. And you customer.
0: want to apologize for your own action, that's one thing. But he shouldn't have even mentioned his name.
3: Well, and then again, it comes down to scripting. It comes down to yeah. saying what you should say, not pointing at the camera and going, well, this is Ron McLean. He can figure it out. So then Monday morning happens, and that's when the communications department gets in. They called, they probably called an outside um, crisis manager, and they said, we need to deal with this now. Either that or it happened late Sunday night. We need to deal with this now. So now, armed with a strategy where there was not one before, armed with a strategy and messaging because the second message from Sportnet was a lot different than the first one. And they probably sat down with Don and said, listen, this is what we need you to do. We need to have, we need you to say, I'm sorry. We need it to be a cultural moment on uh, Coach's Corner. You are a great Canadian. This is a great country. What better way than to you know, get this thing yeah. out from uh, underneath us? And one of the reasons they may have done this on November the 11th was that they felt there was so much other news hmm. that it, it might not predominate the news cycle hmm. one which it did anyways but it was still a lot of uh, the patriotic images but number two you do wait till tuesday and you are extending the news cycle now into day 4
0: oh this is going to so be extended yes, you and anyway i are talking about yeah. this
3: and a lot of other people are still talking about this but you add more fuel to the fire if you let
0: this go on. So are Canadians happy now? Does this solve the problem? Kumbaya no. moment? no. Or are we no. more divided than ever?
3: Well, I think that we are more divided. I think that people can understand that we are a country that is diverse.
0: And I think and that and that proves that this was handled incorrectly. Everyone I mean, screams. Everyone screams hysteria. Oh, everyone God. everyone screams hysteria. No one goes oh, off oh, to their perspective God. corner and relaxes for a day or two to Listen, to, to calm it, it all down. Comment. And now everybody and now everybody's going. Oh, I didn't think he'd get fired. Come oh, on,
3: please. If you you have a province, Quebec, that has passed a bill that basically says. You cannot wear any religious garb. So if you don't look like a regular Quebecer, don't work in the public service. Listen, this has a lot of deep roots running all over the country. And I don't agree with that bill in Quebec. And neither does any leader that they were scared and nobody would ever say anything against it because, heaven forbid, you talk against Quebec. So, you know, these type of roots run rampant throughout the country, Scott. And, you know, it's been building. It has been sort of this, I call it the bubble effect.
0: Yeah. you, you hear you That's you a good point. There, and, the, and this you is you just a lightning rod. There. Yeah.
3: Right. And then it culminates into a point. And Don Cherry was a lightning rod. And, you know, one of the biggest sports personalities in this country. He's been called Mr. Hockey, called Mr. Canada. He is the seventh most recognized Canadian in this country. And he was the lightning rod. He could have acted like a real coach and said, you know what? I misspoke. What would have been wrong about that? The fact that he's digging in his heels and saying, well, I think there's more white people in little towns than they are in downtown Toronto. That's not
0: what he said. though. That's not what he
3: said. Oh, yes, it is. And the thing that people are, all those clips that are being played, Mm -hmm. you know, he says, uh, you know, in Mississauga, and in downtown Toronto, yeah, yeah. You know, he starts naming neighborhoods yeah. where there is a more mix of faces that you see.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it, there's no, there's no denying what he did. He's he's calling out immigrants for not wearing poppies. That's what he's doing. He's calling out immigrants for not wearing poppies. That's his opinion. Is that worth firing over? I'm not sure.
3: I think that it needs a recognition. Like I said to you, there's context in this, Scott. There's context historically, and there's context that just happened this month, that I think that there's a recognition that we are a country who's changing. And if you read recall Kelly's uh, column in the Globe and Mail, it says Canada changed, but Don Cherry did not. I think you could say that about Don Cherry. I think you could say that about the the Conservative Party and some of their ideals around LGBTQ and around uh, climate change, that there are some people who are stuck in what they think Canada should be, which is somewhere 30, 40 years ago. And you know what? A a lot of us have moved on.
0: Alyssa Freeman has been with us, Public Relations Consultant. Alyssa Freeman, or Alyssa PR, rather. Alyssa, as always, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. As always, Scott. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. All right, uh, the father of a Bronco uh, Humboldt Broncos player whose organs were donated after he died in that horrific bus uh, bu- uh, bus crash uh, says a presumed consent bill before the alleged uh, Alberta Legislature is a good start, but still has a long way to go. Uh, you might remember uh, the the, her- the heroic stories of. Uh, of of, uh, Logan Boulay, and how after this horrific accident, uh, he, of course, was an organ donator, and um, a great deal, many people, uh, benefited from the organ donation that that Logan made. And it really inspired a lot of people uh, to become organ donors, including me. I remember having this discussion... Uh, on the air and, you know, to be honest, I, I I think we had the, uh, Trillium, uh, gift of life network with us and explaining us how you do this. And I actually, I actually became an organ donor while I was doing the interview right there on the computer, right next to me, uh, while we were on the air, it was that easy to do. And, um, uh, you know, I had, I had always signed a little thing on your driver's license and become an organ donor, but that subsided with time. Now you need to do this and register and have the conversation to make sure that it's all official again. I just never done that. I never gotten around to it. I planned to. Like I said, when I was 16 years old and got my license, I signed the thing on the back of the card uh, on the back of your license. But. Again, times have changed, and after having that interview and after uh, becoming a donor, it was amazing how many emails I got from people who said, "You know what? You did it, so I did it." And and it, it was great. It 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 was a great gesture from everyone to uh, honor the memory of uh, of Logan and everything that had happened uh, around this horrific day. Uh, so now, uh, obviously, s- w- with things like that, it it brings awareness. Uh, with horrific events like this brings awareness and there is some good that comes out of it. Uh, Now a uh, a government backbencher in Alberta has introduced a private member's bill that would allow organs to be automatically harvested unless a person had opted out while they are still alive. So basically, uh, everybody's in and everybody uh, will be an organ donor. And if you don't want that for whatever reason, then you actually uh, do the process like I did not to become a donor, but to opt out of becoming a donor. Uh, Canadian Blood Services estimated that within two months of uh, Logan's death, One hundred and fifty pe- 150,000 people registered to pass on their organs and it became known as the Logan-Boulay effect. Uh, obviously, Alberta now at this point um, trying to come up with uh, changes in legislation to encourage this. Is this the right way? Um, is it just a case of like me, you know, I just never got around to it. I just forgot about it. It's not a priority, you know, until something tragic like this happens and it makes us all think... Or is this an invasion of privacy? Is this a decision that people should not, the default position should not be uh, to donate, and then you have to jump through the hoops to get out of that? To talk about all of this, Versha Prakash is with us, Chief Operating Officer, Trillium Gift of Life Network, and is on the line now. Versha, thanks for the time. Much appreciated.
4: My pleasure, Scott.
0: Uh, talk about the, uh, the proposal that, is, uh, that has come forth in Alberta and your thoughts on this.
4: Well, um, Alberta, one of the MVPs, as you mentioned, has uh, put forward a, a bill, and I guess we're going to wait and see whether that uh, passes. But based on the research that we have done at Trillium Gift of Life Network, there, we haven't found any clear evidence to support that presumed consent as a strategy alone actually helps increase organ donation. Mm. In fact, Spain, uh, one of the countries that leads organ donation in the world, doesn't trans uh, doesn't uh, credit.
0: Are you there, Bercia? Have we lost her? Versha, are you there? Yes,
4: I am. Okay,
0: so uh, you were talking about Alberta, and we were we were talking about how they were uh, ho- trying for a mandatory organ donation, and if you want to opt out, I guess the default position is you are an organ donor, and if you want to opt out of this, then you do the process to to physically opt out of the out of, opt out of the program. You were talking about Spain. Uh, start there again. What do they do? How do they handle this? Sure,
4: so Spain is um, one of the world's leading country when it comes to organ donation and they in fact credit their success to the development of a comprehensive donation system with well-trained donation specialists and not to presume consent and in Ontario we've adopted many of these leading donation practices that's led to the doubling of organ donations over the last decade. So, for example, in Ontario, it's a requirement that all hospitals notify Trillium Gift of Life Network of all potential donation opportunities. We have strengthened the involvement of physicians in donation such that donation is now an integral part of -of end-of-life care in hospitals. We also publicly measure and report on donation performance to help drive performance improvement. So our experience has been that these leading practices, in fact, lead to increases in donation and that presumed consent as a strategy alone doesn't translate into more increased donors.
0: Mm. Who has, uh, are there countries that have presumed um, um, uh, consent?
4: Yes, uh, we understand like, for example, Spain does and uh, Wales, uh, France, France. Belgium, Brazil. So this is
0: so, so. This is where uh, organ donation is mandatory.
4: Yes, in the in these uh, countries where they have presumed consent, uh, a person needs to register their objection to donation. Right. And so uh, they have but,
0: to. You have to physically opt out of it as opposed to opting in.
4: Right. But what uh, even in those jurisdictions, uh, if someone hasn't registered their objection to donation. The healthcare professionals will approach the family to get consent.
0: Mm. And you and said so that, that. Sorry, go ahead.
4: No, so that conversation with the family is still happening, which is very similar to the opt in model as well.
0: Right. Uh, and you said Spain has presumed consent. So, in other words, it's mandatory in Spain. Yes, it is. So I thought that sorry, I, I must I, I might be uh, misinterpreting here. So I thought you said Spain was very good at this and didn't need this sort of thing to be so efficient and effective.
4: Well, Spain has presumed consent, but they found that their success in donation didn't come through presumed consent. It came through the investments that they made in terms of strengthening their donation system. How would you how would you make
0: that determination if you money? have presumed consent? How would you make that determination?
4: Well they implemented presumed consent in the late nineteen seventies and they found that their success in donation came much later after the implementation of presumed consent it came when they actually made structural changes to their health care system right. to ensure that Donation opportunities were identified. They invested in training of their healthcare professionals. They have physicians involved in donations. So it was many years after implementation of presumed consent that they actually saw increases in donation come through structural improvements that they made.
0: So can we assume that, you know, and again, I don't mean to put words in your mouth here, but but personal consent is positive, but it has to be backed up with these other... Uh, methods as well. Um, So can can we arrive at the conclusion that Spain didn't get to where it was just solely by uh, presumed consent? It was these other things as well. So therefore, should we be taking all practices from Spain in, in what makes the system so efficient, including consumed percent?
4: Well, you're right. Presumed consent isn't a silver bullet and that there are multiple strategies that actually lead to increase in donation. And I think when it comes to presumed consent, population readiness for that change is really important. Uh, otherwise, you can risk a public backlash. Right. The last time we polled Ontarians in 2015, uh, two-thirds of the population were not in support of presumed consent.
0: Hmm. Does it change across the country at all?
4: I, I, I believe it, it, it may, I mean, I don't know right. whether Alberta has done any polling or not, but it's really important to make sure that the, the residents of the province are ready for that change and that there is a lot of public education and, and awareness that goes in hand before launching presumed consent.
0: Uh, is Alberta lower than some of the other provinces when it comes to organ donation? And if that is the case, does presumed consent help that? I mean, if people aren't well, into it or participating yet, is it because they don't want to or is it become lack of education? Um, you know, I, are, are we to assume that um, if a province really doesn't have a high donation rate, that if you make it mandatory, that's that, that probably will make people unhappy, no? Well,
4: I, I don't think, again, presumed consent... Again, we haven't found any evidence that presumed consent as a strategy alone translates into more organ donors.
0: Do you think we will see the time when, as we mentioned, it will be a combination of the two, or do you think presumed consent is just too uh, demanding of people?
4: If if the you know the population is ready for that change, there's high levels of support, then uh, and. You've built that culture where donation is seen as the right thing to do and it's part of what they believe as a society uh, and the population's ready for that change. I think one could see increases in donation.
0: What are the pros and cons of presume, uh, presumed consent?
4: Well, presumed consent, um, what people don't realize is that even in presumed consent jurisdictions, When someone hasn't registered uh, their objection to donation, the family uh, conversation is really what determines whether donation proceeds or not. So healthcare professionals will seek consent from the family. So it's really important for people to have conversations with their family about their donation wishes because at the end of the day, whether it's a presumed consent model or an opt-in model, it's the family that will be making that decision on their loved one's behalf.
0: If we had presumed consent, would that solve the organ donation issue?
4: I don't think so. No. No, because presumed consent by itself is not a silver bullet. Um, What's very important is having those leading donation practices in place Mm -hmm. that will help increase donation. So having mandatory uh, referral by hospitals to the donation agency so that all donation opportunities are identified, by having uh, do- physicians trained in donation so that donation is part of good quality end-of-life care in hospitals, by measuring the donation performance, by having public education and awareness campaigns, by having well-trained healthcare professionals. And those are the areas that Ontario has made some really gains in terms of ensuring that we have all of those elements in place which have led to increases in donation in Ontario.
0: I guess the, the Logan Boulet effect uh, proves that awareness works because obviously enough people were moved by this story to increase donations by 150,000. So is that a good indicator that education and awareness is, is the optimal tool here?
4: Absolutely. Uh, Education and awareness is really important uh, because we know donation is often not top of mind. So having ongoing education and awareness, making it really easy for people to register. And uh, as you mentioned in your program, like it, it was very easy for you to register. You were able to do it online. It literally takes two minutes to save lives. Yeah. In Ontario, also, when people visit a Service Ontario Centre, when they're going to renew their driver's license or health card, they can register easily at a Service Ontario Centre as well. So making it easy for people to register uh, makes a big difference as well.
0: Is it a case, I mean, uh, we're all, we were also moved by the Humboldt Broncos story and, and what happened and, and such. Um, is it these stories that are the greatest asset and? In- should we be sharing more of these stories? Or is it it one of those situations where you can't predict what's going to resonate with the public?
4: Well, these stories definitely are very important and important to share. I mean, the Logan Boulay story was very inspiring, and what we found coast to coast is that Canadians responded. And in that very dark and tragic time, there was that hope um, and that positive story where Logan in his death was able to save six lives and that really resonated with Canadians. So hearing these uh stories about uh recipients getting that second chance of life following a transplant and and uh courageous uh Canadians signing up for donation uh, just like Logan did, and, and families making that decision during a very tragic time to help save other lives definitely makes a big impact. And S- is
0: something and, we may yeah, not talk about people. as much. Um, but how does this? You know, we certainly know how it helps the you know the other victims, other uh, Logans, uh, Logan Boulay's organs, helping six other people. How does this help the family of? the loss, um, how does it help them deal with this? And, and why is it positive from that perspective?
4: Well, we've consistently heard from donor families that during the loss of their loved one, which is a very, very dark and tragic time, donation represented that one positive ray of light. Yeah. Um, it was a way for their loved one's legacy to continue and their loved one lives on in, in others.
0: I remember seeing a video of um, uh, a mother uh, touching the chest of a young, probably a teenage boy, who had received her son's heart. And my goodness, how can you watch this and not be moved? Right. It was was unbelievable. All right. If people want to sign up, if people want to get involved and and take the giant step, and a lot of it is just a case of doing it, uh, what do we do, Versha?
4: So visit beadonor.ca. And you can literally save lives in two minutes. One donor can save eight lives and enhance up to 75 others through the gift of tissue. So please sign up at BeADonor.ca.
0: BeADonor.ca. It's easy. Versha Prakash has been with us, Chief Operating Officer, Trillium Gift of Life Network. Versha, thanks so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thank you, Scott.